0: has been talking to me in spite of the amount of time it took to work on this sermon I've been working on it all night and this morning too. (laughs) I want to start out this morning by telling you a story. My dad built a shed and he put this is when I was living on in, in the community I lived on Crest Street. And my dad built a shed while we were living on Crest Street. And the shed was used to put his special junk in that my mom wouldn't allow in the house. So he used the shed for two reasons, for two purposes. One, to store his special junk in. And two, to hide from us when we were getting on his nerves. One night, as the street lights were shining in our backyard, my brother and I were playing ball. Because the door of the shed, of my dad's shed, was closed, we didn't think that my dad was in the shed. So while my brother and I were playing in the, shed, in the yard, we knew that our parents were in the house, they weren't, they weren't out there in the yard, So my brother decided that we were gonna do something that was forbidding for us to do. Thinking my dad wasn't around, my brother cursed, and I laughed. And after I laughed, this voice out of nowhere clears his throat. <clears throat now because my brother and I thought we were the only one in the yard we started screaming to the top of our lungs crying out and running to the house my mom was trying to figure out what was going on and just about that time my dad walks to the house and he says Those two were outside using words they shouldn't be using, and I caught them. That night, my brother and I learned a very valuable lesson. (laughs) But you know, what was really revealed to me that day, what many people have forgotten, that we're being seen even when we don't think we're being seen. The unfortunate thing about it is that in the reality of our heart, we want to do things we shouldn't do. We want to go places we shouldn't go. We want to be a part of activities that we shouldn't be a part of. And we want to participate in conversations that we shouldn't. And then we want to believe that nobody will see us. That's why we treat people the way we treat. That's why we treat people the way we treat them. We curse out our spouses on the way to church or even on to the grocery store. And if it's in the spouses, we're cussing out the children. We're talking bad to them. We lie and behave in unbelievable ways. School is about to start and on Monday, some of you are going to see pretty little girls and pretty little boys. And you'll you see these pretty little girls. You're going to be standing down at the stairways looking up their dresses because you think nobody's looking. You'll find yourselves, after a few days of school, saying things that you shouldn't be saying, ugly things, because you think nobody's looking. Nobody sees me. Nobody hears me. You'll take your fingers and you'll use them for ugly gestures to your classmates because nobody is watching you. Nobody is seeing you. If we would just be honest with ourselves, we would love to have the opportunity just to do the things we want to do because nobody is looking. And for some of us, Facebook and Snapshot has given us that opportunity. For some that's attending college, it's a great opportunity because we're not away, we're away from mom and dad's eager eye. Do you think that God doesn't see when you're driving down the street and you throw trash in people's yards? Do you think God doesn't see it when you unload your groceries and you leave the grocery cart in the middle of the parking lot. God sees. We're in a time that people don't have any concerns that people are watching them. And we try to color with the, we try to color these inappropriate behaviors with the saying, "I'm just keeping it real." I'm just making it, I'm just doing what I need to do. Because reality television has given us a flavor that thinks this is the way life is. And it's not. It's all right this morning. This is a hard message because we gotta, we're remembering that God is watching us. This is a hard message. I'm not looking for any flavor this morning. What I want to do is bring you to another place to elevate you to the truth and the fact that we serve a God that sees absolutely everything that we're doing yes. and everything that we say. I want you to understand that we do serve a God and he provides for us. He loves us. He cares about us. He says that whatever you need, I'll provide. If you knock, I'll answer. But I also want you to know we serve a God that says, I will discipline you. The Bible is clear from Genesis to Revelation that God has a plan for our lives. If you look at the book of Genesis and we talk about Adam and Eve, Eve had a conversation with the devil, and the devil convinced her that if she disobeyed God, that she wouldn't reap any consequences. And you know what? Some of us have that very same thinking. We think that God is our buddy. We God understands that I can live anyway, and God will just say it's all right because I understand. But I got news for you: that's alive from the pit of hell. Proverbs five twenty one says, "For your ways are in full full view of the Lord, and He examines all your paths." What does that mean? It means God sees everything in our lives. He holds, we hold no secrets from him. He is shining, he is shining the light in our lives. He knows our thoughts and many times we attend church because it's just something we want to do or it's a good family outing. I want to tell you this morning, your good family outing, if you haven't come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your good family outing is going to cause you to end up someplace you won't want to be. Can you say amen? Amen. Proverbs 15.3 says, the the, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. You don't... You, 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 you don't want God to see your mess. I know I don't want God to see my mess. In fact, if we could create God the way we wanted him to be created, this is what we would do. We would have him never to see our sins. He would see my friend's sins. He would see my enemy's sins. He would see my other family member's sins but he would never see mine because we want God to see only the good in us. But what I'm glad about this morning is that I can't create God like that and you can't create God like that. That we serve a God who went to Calvary who decided that look, you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and this morning i have going to redeem you. I can bring redemption to you. That's the type of God we serve and I'm glad about it this morning. He can deliver us from our messes. Let's look at Job chapter 31 verse four. It says, "Does he not see my ways and count my every steps? You know what that means? That means wherever we tread, wherever we go, God sees where we're going. Places we go in, he sees it. And it doesn't matter if it's in the back, if it's in the corner, or if it's in the dark, God sees it. We can compartment our lives, meaning we can do this with this person, and God won't see it. And we can do this with this person and God'll see it. It doesn't work like that. That's a news flash. God sees it all. He sees what we want him to see, and he sees what we don't want him to see. And sometimes the things that we will, sometimes the things that we do is embarrassing. Let me bring it home. How many of you are riding down the street in the morning going to work and somebody pulls out in front of them and you give them a little finger? You think God didn't see that or you call him an idiot or something other choice words you think God didn't hear that he's riding in the car with us on the way to work on the way back home from work God sees it I'm glad this morning that we can't manipulate God that we can't switch him off Switch them on and off the way we would want to choose them. Okay, God, I want you to see this. See, the core of my message this morning is what? God sees us. He sees what we're doing. There's nothing hidden from him. Psalm 139 verse 8 says, If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths of hell, you are there. God sees who we're hanging out with, and God sees who's hanging out with us. Amen? He hears every phone conversation. Mm, mm, mm. I was visiting my brother a couple years ago. I decided that I wanted to, have, uh, to, to spend his birthday with him. And, of course, I told him, I said, look, when I come to see you, I don't want to do no work. I just want to come and vacation and enjoy you, okay? He said, okay. When I got there, what does he do? He puts me to work. We go out in the community and start evangelizing. Okay. <laughs> so, in the process, he says, I have some church members over on the other side of these apartments, and I want to go see them. There were some senior citizens. So, of course, I end up going with him. And the wife is sitting on the porch, and we come up, we have a conversation. He introduces me, and she says, my husband is in the house. And I, she said, I think he's on the phone. She said, well, go out in. So he drags me along with him so he can introduce me to him. I, we go in the house, and I start laughing because the pastor, the uh, the the person talking on the phone says he's talking because they're on the speakerphone because they can't hear he, and the the, the person on the, on the phone he says he's here, he's here, he's here because he's saying that because the other person on the other phone is laying my brother out they're talking about him like a dog and so my brother walks in on the conversation and I just start laughing and walk out so and then the wife, she, he goes back out and the wife says, he said, she said, was he in there? He said, yeah, he was on the phone. She said, I told him about talking about you. <laughs> God hears everything we do. He hears our conversations. He hears, the, he watches the websites that we look at. He reads the text messages that we send. He sees every attitude that we display. He sees how we treat our spouses. He sees when we're verbally and physically abusive to them, calling them out their names. See, the preacher may not see it, but I want you to know God sees it. God sees the way we respond to our parents, and he sees the way, as parents, we respond to our children. God reads our email before we even finish typing it. See, that night, my brother and I, that conversation, that word that my brother said, and that laugh was really supposed to be only between he and I. Nobody was supposed to hear that except he and I. My dad wasn't supposed to be out there. He wasn't supposed to hear that. And that's how we treat God. We think some things we say and do is just between you and that person and we forget that God is all around watching and listening I want to talk about another point is that not only God sees but God rewards Jeremiah seventeen ten says the Lord says I the Lord search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to his conduct according to what his deeds deserve I want to tell you this morning about a Bible story about a king, and the king is named King David, and his story is just as relevant today as it was then. The story is about a king that was supposed to be fighting in a war with his men, but instead he's in a palace looking at a woman on the roof. It's in 2 Samuel's chapter 11. If you have time you want to read it, please do that. It says that David is on a roof looking over the city and he sees this beautiful woman bathing on the roof. We're not told how, he, how long he looks but we're certain he didn't turn away to give her privacy. His looks are still in her privacy. His lust was still in her innocence. And he We will find out soon that his enjoyment of her beauty was still in what only a husband should have. He sees her beauty and he wants her. He sends someone to find out about her. And the word comes back that she's Bathsheba and she's married to Uriah the Hittite. But you see, David doesn't stop there. It's not enough that she's married. He doesn't stop there. This is exactly what he does. He sends for And he takes her into the bedroom and has sex with her. And then he sends her home. He hasn't given any thought to the consequences of his actions. You see, in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, it says... Punishment for adultery between a man and a woman and the man that committed adultery with another man's wife, even that committed adultery with a neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall be what? Put to death. What David did was supposed to have been done in secret. He had compartmentalized his actions. He, The king... He could have anything or anybody he wanted. But what David forgot was that God was looking at him. You probably know the story. It says a few months later, she sent David a small message. And the message was, I'm pregnant. David knows that people can do the math. Uriah at war. There's only one way. There's no way that this child could be Uriah's child. And sooner or later, one of the servants would talk about the visit to the palace. And their secret will no longer be a secret. Besides, who's going to follow an adulterous king? David sent for Uriah. And he comes up with a scheme. His scheme is to cover up his sin. Kind of like Adam, Eve did, Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they sinned. They tried to find some fig leaves to cover themselves up. What fig leaves are you using this morning? Uriah comes to David. And David asked him about how the battle's going. Give me news about the battle. They chit-chat. And then finally, David says, okay, I'm going to send you on leave and here's a gift. But Uriah doesn't go home. He says to David, my men are sleeping on the cold ground. He says, how can I go home and sleep with my wife? You know, Let me just say this, 90% of the television shows that we watch paints this wonderful, beautiful, glorious picture to the viewers about how much fun it is to commit adultery and have sex outside of marriage. And you know what? So many people believe that lie. So many people believe the lie that the enemy is telling us but I want you to know it's a lie from the pit of hell and you can be delivered, you can be set free. You don't have to live the life of the lie that the enemy is telling you. God does not want us in relationships where we're slipping and sliding, skimming and scheming. That's not God's best for our life. That's not the type of relationship he wants us. Amen? Amen. So this morning, I wanna encourage you. If you are in any type of situation where you're having to slip and slide and skim and skim, get out of it. Let God deliver you out of it. You know, Uriah was an honorable man. He was honorable to his men and he was honorable to the king. But for two nights, David has Uriah at his home, at his table, and he's trying to get him drunk. He gives him alcohol, he makes him drink. But you know what? Even in Uriah's drunken stupor, he has more integrity than David being sober. Uriah won't go home to his wife while his, men are, while his men are on the field. See, David's scheme, his, this first scheme didn't work. He couldn't, he couldn't get, bend him. He couldn't get him to go to sleep with his wife so he could cover up his sin. So now, his scheme number two. He has another plan, and this time, the plan is to send him in battle to get him killed. And the way he does that, he has him to give a letter to the commander, to the captain, and says Uriah put him in the thick of the fight and when he's there pull back the men and in doing so guess what happens to Uriah he's killed now David can wipe his brow because he can sit back and breathe a sigh of relief because he thinks it's all right now I've taken care of it So he marries Bathsheba. You see, what the world calls this little indiscretion has become a massive scandal that would change the course of David's life. What he did was evil in the eyes of the Lord. God saw what David did. He's not going to close his eyes and act like it never happened. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 26 says, So he who sleeps with another man's wife, no one who touches her will go unpunished. So God sends somebody, a prophet, to reveal to him, to uncover this thing that David thinks he's masked over And it says that the prophet tells David the story. He says, look, David, there are two men. One is poor and one is rich. One, The rich man has lots of cattle. He has uh, uh, sheep, goats, whatever. He has everything. This poor man has one little lamb. And he loves this lamb. He takes care of it. He feeds it. He's just, he just loves it. One day, there was a traveler coming through. And you know what, David? He said, the the rich man decided to take the poor man's lamb and use that to prepare a meal for. David was irate. He says, That man needs to be killed. That man needs to pay back four times more than what he's taken. And Nathan looks at him and says, that man is you. That man is you. What is God saying to you this morning? What prophet has, What is the prophet saying to you this morning? You know what David does? He repents. He repents. He says, I have done this evil in your sight. He came to understand that God saw what he did. And he said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. That's what Psalm 51 is all about. His indiscretion that he had with Bathsheba. He wanted to make it right with God because God saw him and God wanted to bring he wanted God to bring healing and restoration to his soul. Hallelujah. I want you to look at another story very briefly. I want you to look at the life of Cain and Abel. Cain had every opportunity to to do what God wanted him to do. His brother did, his brother Abel did. God accepted Abel's offering. Cain was mad, controlled by anger and jealous. And then God is talking to him. He's saying, look, sin is at your door. But you can do something about this. But you know what Abel Cain did? He did this. He closed his ears to the word of the Lord. It's just like so many of us do. We close our ears when God is speaking because we don't want to change. And so... He takes his brother out in the field because he thinks God can't see him in the corner, in the back, in the dark. God can't see him. He takes him to the field, and there he kills him because it's in the back, in the corner, in the dark. We think because we're in another place that God doesn't see us. That God sees our sin in church, but he doesn't see our sin at home, in the bedroom, in the kitchen, in the closet, at work. God does not compartmentalize. He's God every day. Monday through Sunday, God is still God. Sunday to Sunday, he's still God. He does not compartmentalize. We may do it, but God doesn't. His eyes is all, for the Bible says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. He rewards, but he also disciplines. Hallelujah. That verse is 2 Chronicles 16, 9. So he kills him. And God says to him, Cain, where is your brother? Cain acts like, What is he talking about? Am I my brother's keeper? He says, His blood is crying out. His blood is crying out. Don't you think for a minute that you've gotten away with anything? So God deals with Cain. I want to ask you some questions this morning. I want to have the worship team to come on up. Are you allowing God to talk to you? Are you allowing God to say some things to you? Because he's saying, I see you. I see what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I got my eyes on you. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and bring transformation to you? What are you involved in? What does God have been calling you to do? It could be something good, but you've been ignoring him. I see you. I'm calling you. But have I been ignoring him? I want to tell you about this young man that I grew up with. His family were good people. He grew up in a good home. Nice young man. Very talented musically. One day, he got married. Been married for a little while. And he created, he developed this itch. This itch. The itch there where he needed a, a little honey to come and fulfill it. So he has his honey on the side. He has a wife and a honey on the side, or some people say a boo, my boo. But in the process, the boo got pregnant. Now, when you are in the midst of mess, you don't count the cost. And you realize that look, there's gonna be some consequences here. He wasn't ready to face the consequences, child support, telling his wife. So instead, he did something horrific. Horribly horrific. He killed the young lady to close, just like David. That's the story isn't too far from where we are today. He killed her to get rid of his sin. So now, not only is his life messed up and his family's life messed up, his wife's life's messed up, but now the mother of the child just lost a mother, a daughter, and a grandchild. Because sin takes you farther than where you want to go, and it doesn't bring you back the same the way you left. Hello? Jesus. Jesus. I want to let you know this morning, this is the word of the Lord that God, that God put on my heart. And it's a hard word. And it's not pretty because it causes us to look at our lives and say, what is God looking at in my life that I'm hiding, that I'm doing, that I'm not, I'm not supposed to be doing? What am I sneaking and slipping and sliding and skimming and siding to do? Or what is it that God has called me to do and I'm ignoring it because I don't want to be bothered? Sometimes it's not always sin, but it is sin if we're not obeying God. Amen? I want to close you with this statement. I want to ask you this question. What type of world would we have if everybody acted, talked, and behaved like God was watching. Can you imagine what type of world we would have? I got good news for you this morning. And the news is that God, not only does he sees our mess, and he knows the mess that we're in, and he knew that we were going to be in this mess even before we were born, that he made a way of an escape. And that escape is through Jesus Christ that's the good news that I have for you this morning Calvary is where it was all played down he died on the cross so that my sins and your sins could be washed away so if you're you're here this morning and you've never made a commitment for Jesus Christ I invite you to do so and if you're here this morning and you're saying look I got some stuff that I just, I just want to get it off of me. The altar's open. Come, tell God about it, and then leave it here. Take it off, shake it off, knock it off, and let God take care of it. Amen? Would you stand, please? Pastor?